Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Easy Street Sports. It is just me today, but we're going to do all right. Today's agenda. We're going to take a look at past draft classes and specifically who the Lions took in the first round of those draft classes. We're going to go all the way back to 2014 because I think that's a, a, a good example of how the Lions have treated every draft from 2014 on, and they've probably done this in the past, but I think from 2014 to 2021 is a good sample size of the argument that I want to make today. And it's this. On average, from 2014 to 2021, the Lions usually draft around the 14th pick in the first round. Now, you can take into account that they might have traded a few picks. They might have had some good years in there where they made it to the playoffs with Matthew Stafford. So if we look back at the 2019 to the 21 draft classes, the, the last three years, our average pick, six. So on average, from the 2019 draft to the 2021 draft, we have drafted our first round pick at six, our sixth pick. Now, unless you're trading a higher pick in the first round to a team that might need it more or they might request more picks in terms of a trade, if you're picking in the first round, if you're picking in the top six every year, you're probably missing something. You're probably doing something wrong. And I think that that's important to recognize going into this draft class where there's a lot of hype around a specific position, mainly quarterback with Malik Willis and Kyle Hamilton's a safety, who's another big prospect. And I think it goes without saying that those positions are... One of them, the quarterback, is the most important position on the field. We, we, we can all agree with that. Safety, I really don't know where that would fall, but it's definitely, I think it would go quarterback, the number, the number one most important position. Then you can take a look at defensive end, defensive lineman, to disrupt the other team's offense. Then it would go wide receiver, offensive line, so on and so forth. But the main position would be quarterback. And this is a draft class that does not have any significant prospect in terms of a quarterback. But I still think it's important to look back at who the Lions have taken in the first round and who could they have taken instead. Now, I know that this, this might be too much hindsight, too much hypothetical. But part of the point that I'm getting at is when you pick in the first round, just in general, when you pick, when you draft a player in the first round, your expectation is that they're going to start on your team the following year and immediately elevate the play of your team in general. 
you're basically drafting a starter. That's the goal. I, I, I don't know what else would be the goal of drafting somebody in the first round. So if your priority, if your priority is to draft a starter in the first round, and you're drafting, on average, sixth, so you're the sixth team to pick anyone off the playground, and you're consistently missing, or you're consistently swinging and missing and, and not getting somebody that is elevating your team to the playoffs. I mean, if you look at the Cincinnati Bengals, they're a perfect example of drafting high in, very early in the first round, grabbing players that immediately start or immediately elevating your team, and you make it to the Super Bowl. That's the goal. And Cincinnati did it. Cincinnati grabbed Joe Burrow. Then they turned right around the following year and grabbed Jamar Chase, and they made it to the Super Bowl. So it's very, it's a very real thing to do. It it happened. It just happened this year, or last year now. So it's it's doable. We we have to recognize that it's doable. But again, for the Lions to on average pick sixth overall. And you're not elevating your team. There's obviously something missing. Now let's dive into who they've taken in the first round. And some notable players that they could have had instead. And let's start with the 2014. I think the 2014 draft is the textbook example of what I'm talking about here. So in the 2014 draft... 2014 NFL Draft, the Lions took Eric Ebron, a tight end, at 10th overall. Now, whether your team needed a tight end or not, taking a player that doesn't... If if you think about the offense... An NFL offense. Pick anyone. Your main weapons are going to be your wide receivers. You look at any NFL team, and you're seeing wide receivers run 60, 70, 80 yards down the field in the blink of an eye. And some tight ends can do that. Some tight ends have some speed. But I think that NFL teams out there that are close to winning the Super Bowl are not a tight end away. They're not missing a tight end that's going to be that missing piece that's going to propel teams to the Super Bowl. Tight ends might be a luxury receiver. They might be a really big body that you can throw to down in the red zone, like a Rob Gronkowski, where he's just a big center that he can just kind of post up, find an open spot. Quarterback throws it up high, and this these giant tight ends can just pull it down. But... At the end of the day, if you're looking for explosive offensive plays, you're really leaning towards a wide receiver. So, just taking a tight end in general is kind of a head-scratcher, especially at 10th overall. And and I'm going to explain why here in a minute. Even if a tight end was, was necessary in this situation, I'm going to rattle off a few names here that as soon as I say them, you're going to wish 
that you could go back in time and tell the Lions to take these people, to take these players immediately. And number one, Aaron Donald, defensive lineman. He was taken 13th overall. Not very far behind the Lions. The Lions drafted at 10. Aaron Donald was drafted at 13. So teams knew that Aaron Donald had some serious talent. And, of course, he helped the Rams to the Super Bowl. He helped them win the Super Bowl. And you're telling me that a tight end is more important to a team's success than arguably the second most important position on the field? Right behind a quarterback? Because if you're able to disrupt the backfield of your opponent, you're preventing them from developing any sort of game plan. If, if you can't hand the ball off, if you can't have a three-step drop back, if, if you can't take time for these long routes to develop downfield, you can't do anything in terms of an offense. You, you become this one-dimensional offense where you are always sending the running back. You're always throwing the opposite way of that defensive lineman, of Aaron Donald, and you're completely telegraphing your offense, if you can even develop anything to begin with. So Aaron Donald, 13th overall, is a perfect example of talent that any team, I can't imagine, I can't think of a team that would not want or couldn't find a use for Aaron Donald. He's a Super Bowl caliber defensive lineman. Another notable player in the 2014 draft, Devontae Adams, a wide receiver. He was drafted 53rd overall. Another explosive wide receiver. And Odell Beckham Jr., he was drafted 12th overall. Another wide receiver. You've got explosive defensive linemen that can disrupt your opponent's offense entirely. And then you have wide receivers available that have been on Super Bowl winning teams. Or they've elevated teams consistently to the playoffs. You, you have these explosive players that can immediately, once you draft them, they elevate the team automatically. And we decided to take a tight end, an Eric Ebron. That's, again, that's the beginning of a very long history of having prime selections of all the players on the playground. And you're picking somebody that really doesn't bring enough to the table to elevate your team to the playoffs and then deep into the playoffs and with the goal of reaching the Super Bowl. A, a tight end is, is a luxury piece. If you find a Rob Gronkowski, they'll definitely help once you get to the red zone, but you need explosive wide receivers to get close to the red zone so that a tight end can be most effective in being that big body. And you also have these defensive linemen that have literally just a few months ago helped bring a team to win the Super Bowl. 
Now let's move on to the 2015 NFL Draft. The Lions drafted Lakin Tomlinson, offensive lineman, 28th overall. So this was pretty late in the draft, in the first round. But you took an offensive lineman, and although this might not be a flashy pick, sometimes an offensive lineman is necessary. But if you look at, I have two receivers here again. I have Stefan Diggs, who was taken 146th overall, and Tyler Lockett, who was taken 69th overall. So you have a phenomenal receiver with the Bills, and you have a very, very good receiver with the Seattle Seahawks. And you're seeing these receivers that have the speed, that have the power, that have the ability to get downfield, to make plays, to get open. The Bills and the Seahawks, the Bills now more recently, but the Seahawks made it to the Super Bowl twice under Russell Wilson in those years. And Stefan Diggs obviously making plays in Buffalo. They There were these players available... And we decided to take an offensive lineman at 28th overall. There were definitely players that we missed. But to take an offensive lineman in the first round is always risky in terms of he might be a great offensive lineman. But even if we go through all of these drafts... Actually, let's let's go through more of these. The following year, 2016, they took Taylor Decker, another offensive lineman, 16th overall. And in that same draft in 2016, they had Matt Judon, who was 146th overall, defensive end. He's now with New England. Again, another defensive lineman, defensive end, edge rusher, causing a lot of damage to the to your opposing offense. And Tyreek Hill, 165, 165th in that draft class, and he's a wide receiver. Cheetah, he he created tons of plays in Kansas City. And why they sent him to Miami, I don't care if I got 300 picks for Tyreek Hill. I would have kept Tyreek Hill. But money might have been an issue, probably was an issue. I know Patrick Mahomes got a huge deal. But again, another super explosive player that was taken late, very, very late. And we're taking, uh, again, back-to-back offensive linemen in in, in back-to-back drafts. 2017, the Lions drafted Gerard Davis, 21st overall as a linebacker. But 30th overall was another linebacker in T.J. Watt. T.J. Watt, J.J. Watt's brother. Now, I don't know about you. But if somebody told me that J.J. Watt's brother was on the market, you wouldn't have had to say anything else. That was all you would have needed to say. If you would have told me that J.J. Watt's brother was in a draft class, I would have taken him as soon as I possibly could. And the writings on the wall, his numbers speak for himself. But we took Gerard Davis, and I don't think I need to elaborate, but I think everybody in Detroit wishes they took T.J. Watt. 
Another notable player in the 2017 NFL Draft, Cooper Cup. Wide receiver. Triple crown. Super Bowl winner, Cooper Cup. Final touchdown pass in the Super Bowl, Cooper Cup. I, there are players that have so much talent, and they're just passing by. It's, it's, it's really cause for concern here. Then we move on to the 2018 NFL Draft. We take another offensive lineman in Frank Ragnow, 20th overall. That's three offensive linemen in four years. From 2015, 2016, and then in 2018, we take three offensive linemen with our first round pick. Now, that might mean that Detroit has a great, a fun, even a phenomenal offensive line. Great. We don't have any weapons. We don't have any explosive players. We're, we're missing key pieces. And hopefully this upcoming draft is a little better. We, 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 we find some quality players. We're definitely picking high enough to find some quality weapons. But that's a little more in the future. So they took Frank Ragnow, 20th overall offensive lineman. Other notable players in the 2018 NFL Draft? Nick Chubb, running back with the Cleveland Browns. He's been a staple of their running offense, of their run game, ever since he's been there. He's He helped out Baker Mayfield quite a bit every year. Again, we now the Lions have DeAndre Swift, but still, a running back like that can definitely add a lot of Offensive capabilities can add a new dimension to an offense. And we missed him. And then this one was more of a point that I wanted to get to, but Lamar Jackson was taken 32nd overall. If Matthew Stafford was the issue, which I know is now past news, and it's, he's obviously doing phenomenally in, in with the Rams, so I'm happy for him. But we could have taken Lamar Jackson. We could have had him study under Matthew Stafford for years. Then we could have had somebody that could have stepped in where we didn't need Jared Goff. And we could have had a Lamar Jackson who has definitely shown that he's worth being a bubble. Again, it's still too early to indicate whether he's a full-blown Tier 1 or a full-blown Tier 2. I'm leaning towards Tier 1. But all either way... That's another explosive player that we may not have needed, but we could have had and would have added another dimension to the team, to the Lions, to make them a little more threatening in any sense of the word as a football team. Then you move on to the 2019 NFL Draft, where we take TJ Hawkinson, tight end, 8th overall. Now, I think TJ Hawkinson, again, another tight end. I know his numbers are not much different from Eric Ebron, but I think he brings a sense of life to the team. I think he does very well with the Lions. Now, he's 
injured. He's been injured, so that might develop into an issue, uh, more of an issue than what it might be now, or it might resolve itself. And I'm hoping that he heals well, but injuries are a difficult thing to deal with. Very difficult. Very hard to fight through some of them. And some of them are inevitable, or you can't fight them. You have to sit out. You have to rest your body. So, but still, TJ Hawkinson, eighth overall, tight end. Other notable players that we could have taken in the 2019 NFL draft, Debo Samuel, wide receiver, 36th overall. He's obviously a very, very good receiver out in San Francisco. Another weapon. Another weapon that we could have used, but we. it seems like Detroit has a lot of trouble finding weapons, finding explosive players that can elevate our team. We have a lot of trouble finding starters, it seems. Another starter with the Seattle Seahawks now, of course, is DK Metcalf. Wide receiver, drafted 64th. He's a beast. He is a force to be reckoned with. Uh, And if we would have had him, just beyond powerful in terms of a wide receiver. A lot of size, a lot of strength, a lot of speed. Um, And again, he was taken at the end of the second round. So a lot of teams passed up on him. But he's obviously proven that he knows what he's doing. And he would have been another great addition to the team. Now the 2020 2020 draft. We took third overall Jeff Okuda. Now I think this, this pick gives a lot of Detroit Lions fans an upset stomach. Mainly because we took a corner, we took a defensive back third overall, which I think if you ask anybody, probably not a great idea. Even if he did hit, which we all can attest to the fact that he's been injured, barely played, and has just overall been a bust. Whether his whether you want to say that his talent wasn't there or that he was injured too often, either way, he hasn't brought anything to the team worth noting that it, it, it's just better to chalk that up as that was a waste of a pick. Not blaming anybody, not blaming him. I hope he recovers and he's able to play, but waste of a pick. Who we could have taken, again, I'm going to take a look at a, f- a few positions around here. We could have taken Justin Herbert, who was drafted sixth overall, and he is, of course, quarterback. Again, this is another example of like a Lamar Jackson. Yes, we had Matthew Stafford, who has, of course, again, proven himself. We could have taken Justin Herbert, have him train under Matthew Stafford. We could have gotten rid of Matthew Stafford, thinking he was the problem. And we could have had a who it seems to be on the track to be a Tier 1. I know it's still very early, but he's definitely showing a liking to tier one quarterbacks and their skills, their talents, their general demeanor. He's definitely leaning in the right direction in that that term. 
but he we, we passed up on him. We, we, we believed that Matthew Stafford was the problem, and we chose not to take a quarterback. So, again, another head-scratcher. If we want to stay with weapons, we still could have taken Justin Jefferson, who was taken 22nd overall, wide receiver, making a lot of noise in Minnesota, definitely doing well there. Minnesota has their own issues. They're kind of stuck at 8-8 eight and eight with Kirk Cousins, who's a definition of a Tier 2 quarterback. But, but all, all the same, Justin Jefferson is definitely adding value to the Minnesota Vikings. And then you have Jonathan Taylor, another player. Jonathan Taylor, uh, taken at 41st overall and a running back for the Indianapolis Colts, who had a hot, hot streak this last year. And I saw him play in person. I saw... The Colts play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I saw that game in person. And the the amount of energy that that team had from that Tampa Bay game through the season. If you'd have told me that they missed the playoffs, I'd have laughed at you. I'd have had no idea that they missed the playoffs because of how explosive and how red hot he was at the tail end of that season. And again, we have DeAndre Swift, but with Dan Campbell running things in Detroit, we might see a heavy run offense with um, a healthy amount of play action based off of that running, and Detroit might become a DeAndre Swift type running system, or they might be a run game by committee, where we have... Uh, uh, a small to you know two to four running back rotation where we have certain running backs in there but again a running back another player another position that can add diversity and add a new another dimension to your offense and we missed a, a, a red hot running back and then finally with the 2021 NFL draft Last year's draft, we took Penny Sewell, seventh overall, another offensive lineman. I'm going to read through just the positions of these eight drafts that the Lions have taken. And I'm going to start with the 2014 NFL draft. The Lions took a tight end, offensive lineman, offensive lineman, linebacker, Offensive lineman, tight end, cornerback, offensive lineman. Four offensive linemen in eight years. Two tight ends, one linebacker, one cornerback. We have not taken a legitimate offensive weapon in the first round of an NFL draft in eight years. We have, I will say that again, we have not, the Lions have not taken a legitimate, explosive, offensive weapon in the last eight years. We have taken zero wide receivers in the first round. We have only taken 
tight ends who, whether they add some value or not, they do not add significant value like a Jamar Chase or a Tyreek Hill. We haven't. We have yet to take someone. We have yet to take an explosive either wide receiver or a running back in the first round. Now, we've taken four offensive linemen. Our offensive line, good. I will say, I will say that with the Penne Sewell pick in the 2021 draft, I will say that I think, I feel that that was a good decision. Taking a lineman at that point based on the needs of the team, I think that was, again, not a flashy pick, more of a safer pick. But was it necessary? I would say so. I would. Because, yes, the offensive line is very important. Of course, that goes without saying. So I do feel that with this new regime of Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes, the Panay Sewell pick gives me some optimism that they have an idea of what they're doing. But who else was taken in that first round? Micah Parsons, linebacker. He was taken 12th overall. Another defensive player that added a lot of value to the Dallas Cowboys. And we missed him. Now, I don't know if that was the direction that the team wanted to go in or if they missed his talent. But either way, that's another quality player that added legitimate value to a team and we did not take him and then another notable player that we could have taken and again it's this very early to it's very early to determine whether this was a good pick or not but mac jones taken by the new england patriots quarterback number 15 overall again rookie season with the Patriots, probably couldn't have landed a better spot in terms of all of the rookie locations that, or all of the rookie teams that needed a quarterback last year. But if we knew that Stafford was out and Goff was in, it might have been a good idea to look to a quarterback. A Mac Jones or a Trevor Lawrence or a Trey Lance. And I think of all of them, Mac Jones, I think, showed the most growth. And he showed that he was, I believe, the most prepared rookie quarterback going into the NFL. But at the end of the day, the Lions have shown since the 2014 draft. And I know if we went back even further, I could find drafts where they completely missed quality players. You cannot continue to pick, on average, you cannot continue to take the sixth overall pick every year and stay under 500 around 500 and expect any form of success, any form of culture 
to develop in Detroit. But back to the 2021 NFL draft, they took Panay Sewell, a number seven overall offensive lineman. He did very well this year. So I, I tip my hat to them, to the GM, Brad Holmes, and to the head coach, Dan Campbell. That was a good indication that they have an idea of what they're doing. Did they miss in this re- most recent draft? Yes, they did. They took Levi Onzerike. He had one sack on the year. That's more of a, uh, a blemish on that draft. But it's, it's the draft. That's, I, I want to say that that's kind of the point. You're going to hit. You're going to find valuable players that will immediately elevate your team. And then you're going to find some players that aren't going to make the cut. It's as simple as that. Not everybody who gets drafted stays in the NFL. It's, it's just simple math. And so you're going to miss. You're going to miss. But it's when you miss, I think, is very important. Because, again, back to a statement I made earlier. When you take any player in the first round of all of the players in the country, even players out of the U.S., if you take somebody in the first 32 picks off the playground... They need to be game changers. They need to be X-factors, immediate starters. They need to be Super Bowl caliber or liking to a Super Bowl caliber player. That's the goal. Are there always all 32? No. There are always players that are going to be missed. There's always players that are going to be a miss, that are going to flop, that are going to be a waste, that that are not going to work. And that, that that's it's simple math. It's it, human error. Nobody's a hundred percent correct. But if Detroit Detroit this next year, they pick second overall, thirty second overall, and thirty fourth overall. You should be able to pull two starters. Two immediate two players that will immediately start on your team from those three picks. You should. Is that too much to ask? 66%? Barely passing. If if passing at all. For a franchise to be able to develop out of the rut that they've obviously been in. They need to take these draft picks, these early, early picks, and turn them into diamonds. They need to find players that will immediately elevate their team, like a Nick Bosa, or a DK Metcalf, or a Justin Herbert, or a Jonathan Taylor, or a TJ Watt, or a Cooper Cup, or a Tyreek Hill, or an Aaron Donald. The list goes on. There are players out there that they could have taken, that they could have found, and we've missed. The only player, if, if, if you take out the offensive linemen, the offensive linemen, you can look at them from two different lenses. You can think, okay, our offensive line is great. Those are all hits. Sure, okay. Yeah, we found four offensive linemen. 
The offensive line in, in Detroit is great. We keep our quarterback super safe. Why have we won three games? Why did we only win three games if our offensive line was so good? We still need to find and utilize explosive offensive weapons. And I will say, looking at, again, if we want to say, all right, all four offensive linemen were 100% hits. They immediately elevated our offensive line. Our offensive line is one of the best in the NFL. If we want to say that, sure, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll play along. I'll play along. Do I think some of these offensive linemen were good? Yeah, I think they did help. I think they did elevate our offensive line. Sure. But then let's look at the other four drafts where we took not an offensive lineman. You took Jeff Okuda, cornerback, miss. You took TJ Hawkinson, tight end. Okay, I'll say he was he was good. If he continues to be injury prone, that's going to be a miss. Gerard Davis, linebacker. I'm going to say that's a miss. And Eric Ebron, another tight end. Miss. And you can even say, if you want to be harsh, TJ Hawkinson's numbers aren't far beyond Eric Ebron. Okay, TJ Hawkinson is a miss. Let's say he can go either way. One player in the last eight drafts, the last eight first rounds, one of them arguably is an offensive weapon that was a hit. Otherwise, we took offensive linemen that really aren't hit or miss. They either work or they don't. They're not going to add explosive play to, to a team. And then you've got two defensive players that were misses. And you took a tight end years ago that was a miss. Now, as harsh as I might be being with the Lions, I'll go back to the point that I was starting to look at. Detroit has shown that they have the ability to find talent. They took Penny Sewell, again, an offensive lineman, not flashy. Did he work? Did he hit? I think so. I think that the offensive lineman, the offensive line in Detroit improved. I think it got better. I think it's going to be better even next year. Even better next year. They took Levi Anzarike. That was a miss. It's as simple as that. That was a miss. But they did find a wide receiver. Uh, a general trend that I've been looking at here in these last few drafts. They took Amon Ross St. Brown in the fourth round, wide receiver. And he has developed into a player that definitely has added value to the Detroit Lions. He was arguably their best receiver in down the stretch of the season last year. So there's definitely talent in in the draft, late in the draft. And Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell have shown that they can find talent that deep in the draft. Do I want them to only take receivers 
in the second, third, fourth round? No. If, if they do, I'm not going to be against it. But when you have the second overall pick, the 32nd overall pick, and the 34th overall pick, at least two of those need to hit. I feel that that is a reasonable expectation for Detroit. A reasonable expectation. I'm asking for three players. Two of them should immediately start on your team. One of them can maybe be depth at a certain position. But with the amount of defensive talent in this draft and and the, the hard nose fight for every inch kind of mentality that Dan Campbell has, there are plenty of players in this draft that Detroit can take to both immediately improve the team in terms of offense, and there are some other wide receivers out there as well. You've got, well, just in terms of defense, you've got N'Kobe Dean, linebacker. You've got Aiden Hutchinson, defensive end, and Kayvon Thibodeau, defensive end. You've got David Ajabo, the other defensive end out of Michigan. I mean, there are plenty of defensive players. You've even got Kyle Hamilton, safety. There, there are definite strong defensive prospects in this draft. Detroit needs to grab at least two quality players this early in the draft and walk away with players that can bring them to fight for a division that is arguably one of the weakest in the NFL. If you look across the NFL, we can all agree that the AFC is very, very strong. There are very many, there are a lot of Tier 1 quarterbacks in the AFC. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, now Russell Wilson. The list goes on. And then in the NFC, you have... Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and I think that's where the list ends. Maybe Kyler Murray, Matthew Stafford, three, three quarterbacks, three tier one quarterbacks in the NFC, and the rest are in the AFC. Yes, Detroit has to fight they have to to play against Aaron Rodgers twice a year. But if you can take defensive linemen, if you can take defensive ends that can, again, disrupt a team's, another the other team's offense, it's going to do wonders for, for Detroit, which will allow them to develop a, a game, uh, an offensive game plan. Because... The Packers can't developing develop anything on their side. So again, if you look at these last few, these last eight drafts for Detroit, they've either played it safe with an offensive lineman, or they've grabbed a tight end or a linebacker or a corner 
and they haven't really brought Detroit out of three wins, four wins, five wins, seven wins. We've been rebuilding in Detroit for so long that there has to come a point where we have to take a look, we have to take a look at our history and realize we are not taking not even if you want to argue that the positions are what we should be aiming for. We should we should be taking tight ends. We should be taking offensive linemen. We should be taking linebackers. Okay. We took a linebacker with Gerard Davis. And we missed TJ Watt. We missed TJ Watt. If you want to be a successful franchise in the NFL, you cannot miss a legacy. J.J. Watt was a beast with Houston. Now he's with the Cardinals. And you tell me his younger brother is in the NFL, is in the draft? Why would I not take him? If Tom Brady's younger brother was in the draft, I don't care who I had at quarterback. I would have taken him. Just the genetic bloodline of some of these players is is too, too good to pass up. And Detroit did just that. It's it's simple. When you take when you are on average in the last three years picking number six overall and you're continuing to do that. If you let, let's go through these last four years. Twenty nineteen, we picked eighth overall. Twenty twenty, we picked third overall. Twenty twenty one, we picked seventh overall. And then this year we're picking second overall. Teams that pick that early and they're not trading their draft pick away, they're doing something wrong. They're not grabbing somebody off the playground that can immediately elevate their team. You're telling me there's nobody out there. Baker Mayfield got taken. Number one overall. And we even looked at his numbers weeks ago. The Browns were three three wins, four wins, five wins, four wins, three wins. They take Baker Mayfield. He immediately elevates them to eight wins. He gets them to 11 wins. Then he gets injured. And then they want to get rid of him. That's a whole different story. But you saw immediately the talent and ability that Baker Mayfield brought to the team. You saw the wins jump immediately. And there are other teams out there. Jamar Chase with Cincinnati. They took Jamar Chase. They made it to the Super Bowl. There are players out there that can bring a team to that level. They're out there. We can't keep missing them. Or else we're going to be picking in the top six every year. And that's always the joke with Detroit. Our Super Bowl comes in the draft. And I don't know about you, but I'm getting kind of tired of hearing that. Now, who they take in the draft? They've got to take defense. 
in this upcoming draft. They've got to take defense. Second overall pick, they should be taking Kayvon Thibodeau, Aiden Hutchinson, Nicobe Dean, David Ajabo. Again, I would not take Kyle Hamilton, safety. We've got some PTSD from Jeff Okuda. Again, I wish him the best, but still. Aaron Donald, again, back to the 2014 draft. Aaron Donald is a perfect example of what most teams need to elevate their team to the Super Bowl. Somebody that at their core adds so much value to the team that it's not even funny. There are players out there that we're just that we just have to take. For our second pick, we should be taking Aiden Hutchinson, Kayvon Thibodeau. You can take Trayvon Walker out of Georgia. You can take Nicobe Dean. Quay Walker out of Georgia. David Ajabo out of Michigan. That should be our second pick. When we pick at number two, it should be one of those players. It should be one of the players that fit in the front seven, front eight, that get to the quarterback on a regular basis. If we want to fit into the mentality of Dan Campbell, if we want to be that hard-nosed team that people come to Detroit and they don't want to play our defense, that would be a fun feeling. I would look forward to our games if people don't look forward to playing us on defense. I'll take that. I'll take that. Second overall pick should be Aiden Hutchinson, Kayvon Thibodeau, Trayvon Walker, Nicobe Dean, any of the players that we can take that will be either an edge, a linebacker, or somebody who regularly gets to the quarterback from a defensive perspective. Now, the... 32nd overall pick, you can go a lot of ways here. You can either grab another edge rusher, another defensive player, and th this you can go a lot of different ways with this. I still might stick with the Michigan men. I'll take Aiden Hutchinson at 2, David Ajabo at 32 if he's available, or you can go a few ways here with 32. You can take a wide receiver. Um, there's Alec Pierce out of Cincinnati. George Pickens out of Georgia. Jahan Dotson out of Penn State. You've got options with wide receivers. Chris Olave. If you take a wide receiver at 32, I don't think that's the worst idea in the world. But when you pick very, very late in the first round, obviously there are going to be some big names already taken. So here at 32, you could take another defensive player. If there's a decent linebacker left, if there's a defensive back left, I would still lean towards an edge rusher or a linebacker or a wide receiver. Now at 34, 
here's where things might get a little a little interesting. If you've taken two edge rushers, then I would maybe go with a wide receiver here at 34. But if you take an edge rusher at two, you take a wide receiver, let's say you take Jahan Dotson out of Penn State at 32. Here's a point where I don't fully like the idea, but I can at least support it more than taking him at number two. And if you get a Malik Willis or a Sam Howell out of North Carolina or a Desmond Ritter out of Cincinnati or a Carson Strong out of Nevada, if you want to take a quarterback at 34 overall, I wouldn't be fully against it. Again, we made the point last week. Don't waste a first-round pick on a Tier 2 quarterback. Again, that's the key. A first-round pick. If you feel that there's a quarterback in the draft that's strong enough to take him in the second round, I don't think there is. But if you want to take a quarterback, I would rather see Detroit take him in the second round than in the first round. Especially when you have two picks in the first round. So if you want to take a quarterback, if you want to risk it on a Tier 2 quarterback, I wouldn't be fully against taking him in the first, in the third, sorry, in the second round. But your priorities in the first round, defensive lineman, edge rusher, and maybe a wide receiver. Or a linebacker. I think those are your two options in the first round. Then, if you want, you can start bleeding into a quarterback potentially, a Kenny Pickett if he's still available, a Sam Howell if he's still available. But it all just depends. Because Detroit picks at 2nd overall, 32nd overall, 34th overall, and then we pick at 66. We pick all the way into round 3. We pick immediately in the first round, right at the end of the first round, immediately in the second round, and then we meet. Then we pick again at the very beginning of the third round. If you want to take a quarterback at this point, that would also be okay. Because again, you're not taking somebody in the first round. You're not taking a quarterback in the first round. I'm going to end with this idea. Detroit... If you want to take a quarterback, wait a year. You have to play, you have to pay Jared Goff anyway, based on the contract that you had to give up or give and work around with the Rams. You have to pay him already. Even if you take an Aiden Hutchinson, or you take a David Ajabo, or you take a Kayvon Thibodeau, they still might need a year to develop into something substantial like a T.J. Watt, J.J. Watt, or a Nick Bosa, right? If that's the level of play you're looking for, it might take them a year. It might not. And even if you're picking later in the first round next year, that's fine. You can still find a quarterback out there. There are going to be teams that won't need a quarterback. 
or there might be quarterbacks in free agency. Who knows what's going to happen with Baker Mayfield or Jimmy Garoppolo. They're both proven. They both have, I think they both have gas in the tank. But this is the year where Detroit, their philosophy is leaning towards defense. Their game plan is leaning towards high stakes, high rewards. If we make a mistake, that's fine. We'll let the defense clean it up for us. That kind of mentality. You need defensive powerhouses to match that philosophy and to propel your team into fighting, arguably, for not fourth in your division. So again, Detroit, wait a year. And if you need to grab a quarterback next year, there's going to be much, much better prospects coming out of schools like Ohio State. Wait a year. Let things develop more. right? Let things age like fine wine. And I think you'll be okay next year. This year, with all the defensive talent, take somebody in terms of defense. I wouldn't say a safety. I think Jeff Okuda was not the right person to take. Just a cornerback, a defensive back in general, was not the right idea for a third, third overall pick. But defense is not a bad direction to go in the first round. Take a defensive lineman. Take an edge rusher. You'll thank me later. All right. Thank you for listening to Easy Street Sports, which you can now find on YouTube and on Spotify. See you next week.